kick up your feet and enjoy a parfait because today we're peeling back the layers of Shrek. Welcome to From Cover to Real, the podcast where we try to answer the age-old question of which is better, the book or the movie. From Cover to Real is brought to you by Three Wings Design, the blog where you can find fun crafts and delicious recipes that will make cooking enjoyable again. I'm your host, Alicia Marudi, and today I'm joined by my sister, Lindsay Hannon, and we're talking about Shrek. So we grew up with this book in our house. So Shrek is a children's picture book. It was published in 1990, and it's written by William Stieg. Steven Spielberg actually bought the rights to this book in 1991, and he intended to produce a traditionally animated movie with it, but that didn't happen. And in 1995, DreamWorks bought the rights to the book, and Jeff Katzenberger, who was basically the CEO of DreamWorks, um, put it into production right away and then in 2001 the movie came out and it was a huge success and it won the first ever academy award for best animated feature um it has spawned three sequels a bunch of shorts and there's even a puss in boots show on netflix um that's a spawned off of shrek like a spin-off yeah yeah so it's a big pretty big phenomena. I think what I want to start out with is talking about the characters first. Okay. And then move on to other things. Let's start with Shrek. What do you think of how Shrek was portrayed in the movie compared to in the book? Well, I think because the book is a short story, you only see this one side of him. You know, he's this disgusting ogre and he's you know, it talks about like his parents are both ugly and he's uglier than both of them combined. Mm -hmm. And he's just like revels in that. I do think it was kind of interesting that in the movie, Shrek's kind of this recluse, right? He's got his swamp and he doesn't want anyone to bother him. And in the book, he goes out to harass people, basically, you know, do kind of like the classic, the ogre type stuff, I guess. Um, There's that peasant that he he doesn't kill anyone. But no. He... Well, and you know what I noticed actually is in the book, he's not the one who usually starts the fights. He's just asking people questions and then they have this reaction to him because mm-hmm. he's so smelly and ugly and gross. Yeah. But it is funny. So when he's in the castle and the in the book, it's like, he sees like the most hideous creatures he's ever seen and there's a ton of them you know and it even horrifies him and then it turns out he's like in a hall of mirrors and he's looking at himself yeah but then he enjoys that he's like i am disgusting and it's awesome <laughs> yeah know? he really revels on it he loves it which they have in the movie like at the beginning when he pulls the earwax out of his ear and that's always been so disgusting to me And that kind of, so I was talking to mom about it and she said her basic thing was like, the book has a lot of adolescent boy humor. Yeah. And they carry that over into the movie. And I think that is sort of like, I don't know why boys especially seem to just love that things are gross. Mm -hmm. Gross things bring them joy. 
Yeah. And it kind of never goes away. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I also enjoyed it, though. That <laughs> that was really gross, the earwax thing, though. Yeah. I mean, in the book, I don't think it's that. It's just kind of comical in the book. But yeah, there's certain things in the movie where I'm like, that is so nasty. I think that Shrek, the character in the movie, obviously is more round and three-dimensional than in the book. But I do think he enjoys his grossness and his ugliness in the movie as well. He just yeah. doesn't enjoy the way everyone reacts to him all right. the time. Um, because, like, there's that one point where he picks a flower for Fiona and he's like, I got you. He's, like, practicing what he's going to say to her. And he was like, I got you this flower. It's I picked it for you because it's really beautiful and you're really beautiful. And, well, I don't like it. I mean, I still like you, even though you're beautiful, basically. So he still has that thing where he doesn't like all those traditionally beautiful things. Because in the book, he has that nightmare where all the kids are bringing him flowers and love him and everything. And he's like, ah! He can't get them to stop. Yeah, when I read it to to Ariancito, he was like, why is he crying? (laughs) He didn't really get the, he doesn't like flowers thing. Right, yeah. That's a nightmare for him. Yeah, I just think he is very one-dimensional in the book. And then the movie, you know, like he says, ogres have layers, you know. Yeah. So it's like he has this depth to him that that you don't see right off the bat, which is, I think, why they make him this, like, swamp recluse. Because it seemed in the book, like, he didn't really care that he made people pass out, you know, just from looking at him. Whereas in the movie, I think he was just really over it. You know, he gets so annoyed. He's like, people always come with, you know, their pitchforks and torches or whatever, And he just wants to kind of be away from all that and enjoy his grossness. Exactly. Let's talk about Donkey. He's a much bigger character in the movie than in the book. And in the book, it kind of seems like he's just a regular donkey until Shrek says the magic words to him. And then he's like suddenly aware of what he does and what his purpose is. I thought that it was funny because, first of all, I just have to say those magic words were so random. Yeah. Where did he think of them? I think they just, um, maybe he likes apple strudel. I guess so. But yeah, it seemed like Donkey just, you know, was a normal donkey. And then Shrek says the magic words. And then he's like, I'll take you to this night. It did seem like even after that, though, like, you know, Donkey in the movie really wants to be Shrek's friend. Yeah. You know, he's like, we're going to be friends and you're going to protect me and I'm making waffles and we're going to, you know, stay up late and play games together. And in the book, it's like, yeah, I'll take you to this night. Yeah. And you know, what's weird. I noticed he talks really weird because Shrek's like, aren't you supposed to take me somewhere? And then the, what the donkey says is written with a bunch of periods so it says i am to the nutty knight who guards the entrance to the crazy castle where the where the repulsive princess waits so that's kind of weird i don't i'm like wondering why william steeg chose to write the way donkey talks like that like is it just because he's suddenly aware and he can talk 
It must be. That's because that was the first thing I thought of was like, oh, it must be like he's just awakening to this ability to speak. So he's kind of stuttering, stammering, you know, putting a sentence together. Yeah. Whereas, of course, in the movie, it's like, you know, that old woman's like, I have a talking donkey and he pretends like he can't talk until somehow like fairy dust gets on him or something. And then he's flying away and he's like, peace out, fools. Like, you know, and can speak perfectly. Yeah. And he just has definitely more of a personality. Yeah, so that's a difference. But I think that worked really well in the movie. Eddie Murphy was really fun as yeah. the donkey. And I felt like that's why he had this personality was because... um because they got Eddie Murphy to do the voice. Yeah. And because he's this comedian, he's kind of known for being that kind of character. Like, you could picture Eddie Murphy saying all of the things that Donkey says. Yeah. So, it made sense. And I felt like, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, if they're like, we're going to make Donkey have this loud personality and we want to find someone that can do the voice that way, or if they got eddie murphy and then like you know maybe he made donkey become an even bigger character you know like maybe originally they thought donkey will just be there to get him to the castle and then that'll be that but then because they got eddie murphy they're like okay let's make donkey this bigger character you know i don't know but i want to say they saw mulan and they were like that's that's what we need for donkey (laughs) but (laughs) that's just my opinion I don't know if any of that's true. It but, could be, though. But I, I have a feeling, I don't know if this is true either, but I have a feeling that he probably ad-libbed a lot when he was in the studio recording. Because mm-hmm. I can see, like, the whole parfait thing. Yeah. I could see that being something he ad-libbed. He's right. just He's just very good at that. Yeah. You know? And it worked. It worked really well. I wouldn't have liked it if... The donkey was talking the whole time in these weird, broken thoughts. Right. I um, sort of wonder if, if the book had been longer, if then ev- eventually donkey would have gotten better at speaking. Well, it's funny because when he first becomes aware, he says that poem, which, like, you know, I gaze in the green as I graze in the green. Mm-hmm. And Chuck's like, shut up. <laughs> um. Let's see. I gaze in the green as I gaze in the graze in the green, seeking out the clover. I laze and spend my days in the green, a chewing, chomping rover. And then Shrek hates that. Yeah, he's like, you jabbering jackass. (laughs) So It's kind of Uh, funny that that's in a children's book. Well, yeah, it is. It was in the movie, too. Yeah. But... I can feel like even from that short interaction there, I feel like the dynamic between Shrek and the donkey in the movie is just the same as between Shrek and the donkey in the book. Yeah, like Shrek's like, just take me to, you know, do it, do your job and leave me alone kind of thing. Yeah. So let's see. And then there's the princess who in the book, she's not cursed though she is 
um, like held prisoner in her castle by mm-hmm. the fearless knight, which I'll talk about later. Um, so she's held prisoner in there. She's not cursed, so she's always ugly. And while uh, while Shrek in the movie looks like his character in the book, um, the princess does not. Mm-hmm. She has more of like a kind of like a beak for a nose. Mm-hmm. It's really long and black. And she has blonde stringy hair and she's purple. So she doesn't look the same. But and she doesn't really she doesn't come into the story until the very end. So a lot of Shrek the movie where they add the most stuff is between like to the book because the book ends with he meets the princess they tell each other all the things they love about each other and then they get married mm-hmm. whereas the movie they rescue the princess pretty early on I feel like and then yeah. all the stuff in between is what they added in yeah the whole making it sort of this um I guess the typical, well, not typical because it's a kid's movie, but this typical love story of like, you know, is she going to be with him or is she going to be with this other guy? And, you know, can Shrek overcome his ogreness enough to admit that he has feelings for her? Yeah. And that whole interplay that makes it more interesting. Yes. Yes. I was thinking when I was watching it, it reminds me of... Something that I can't remember now. I should have written it down. Oh, well. Hmm. So there's not really much to compare. I would say the princess is very secure in who she is, which she learns to do by the end of the movie or learns to be. Yeah. Maybe if she had been an ogre the whole time, she might have been more accepting of the ogre thing. Right. But she is. It is interesting because in the movie, she's got this backstory. She didn't, because she wasn't born an ogre. Her parents are not ogres, which we find out in subsequent movies. But um, she's got this whole backstory of this witch cursed her and made her a person and an ogre. And then True Love's Kiss was supposed to reveal her true form. And I always thought it was kind of interesting that at the end her true form was that she was an ogre because I don't I don't really know what that was supposed to mean when then we find out in subsequent movies like her parents are not ogres. But I felt like in the movie when they give her that backstory, because in the book the first person that Shrek meets is a witch and then he's like, give me my fortune. And she's like, a donkey will take you to a fearless knight. Like she kind of sets up this whole quest he's going to go on and tells him like, you're going to find this ugly princess, you know? Yeah. And I felt like they just kind of changed that in the movie and made that Fiona's backstory. Like you weren't born this way, but this witch cursed you to kind of set up this whole quest for a knight who ended up being Shrek and maybe not what, you know, it becomes this unexpected story. Yeah. I thought it was, I was thinking about it. I was like, why would Fiona think that no one could love a hideous ogre when she loves Shrek. That was probably some kind of commentary on beauty standards for women. Because 
obviously she loves Shrek, so why would it be so weird for him to love her as an ogre? Right. Pretty deep stuff in a kid's movie. And also, really, I think that's kind of a little bit present in the book because Shrek's this hideous ogre, right? He's not Mm -hmm. desirable to anybody. Um, The princess isn't either, but they find each other. And, you know, it doesn't matter what these, you know, worldly standards are. It's just you find someone that clicks with you and that's what matters. Yeah, like Shrek says, your horny warts, your rosy wens, like slimy slimy bogs and fusty fens thrill me yeah (laughs) and they're just telling each other like uh, the reason i love you so you're ugly yeah and then they live horribly ever after scaring the socks off all who fell afoul of them they had a happy miserable life i like in the book when they get married she's holding a cactus they should have brought that into the movie yeah oh one thing about shrek's character is that in the movie in the book he breathes fire He has that thing with his eyes, too. He has, like, laser eyes. Yeah, he cooked the peasant's meal with his eyes. Oh, well. I guess that would have been too much power for him in the movie. Yeah, he could have just burned the villagers. (laughs) Or Lord Farquaad, for that matter. I I think that they did a good job making this book into a movie. A lot of times, when it's a children's book made into a movie, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, maybe we'll do Polar Express sometime. I hate that movie. And I love that book. And yeah. it can be tricky, I think, to take something that's so brief and figure out how are we going to make this an entertaining, you know, hour and a half film without destroying the integrity of the story. And I think that they did a really good job with that. It's interesting because I feel like it's hard to kind of read a children's book off the bat and think you can make this into a full movie. Yeah. You know, so it's impressive that they were able to do that and that they did it well. I agree. And they, they were able to keep the whole sentiment of the story of like being happy in your own skin and loving yourself for who you are kind of thing. I liked that. Yeah. Um, One other character that's in the movie that's also in the book is the dragon mm-hmm. and although the dragon is only there for a very short time in the book and it's i feel pretty different basically just knocks shrek over and is about to bite him when shrek uh knocks him out for the rest of the day it's it's funny how they were even able to make that dragon a bigger character you know that yeah. the dragon is in subsequent movies like she has a relationship with donkey they get married and have babies and (laughs) dragon donkey babies i like that it was included so they kind of switched because in the book he has to fight a fearless knight in order to get into the castle to get the princess and in the movie it's the dragon yeah so but in the movie he does i think they were kind of pointing to that fight with the knight when he goes to duloc at first he has to fight all those knights mm-hmm. to even be able to talk to Lord Farquaad to get his swamp back. And then he has to go on this quest. So I think that was kind of similar. Like, he could easily take on a knight. He's much, much stronger and more, not fearful, but... Fearsome. Fearsome than a knight. Yeah, and I felt like there was some element of the fearless knight in the character of Lord Farquaad, just this, like, 
Yeah. Because you're reading the book and you're like, why is this guy keeping this princess here? Is it because she's so ugly? And that's yeah. kind of like Lord Farquaad's thing is like he has this perfect kingdom. You know, Dulac is perfect and he needs the perfect princess. And he thinks it's going to be Fiona till he finds out, hey, she turns into an ogre. And then he's like, how could anybody want to be around you? You're yeah. so disgusting. You know, and I feel like maybe that's some kind of element because it's like, why is that not even there keeping her in the castle? That's not explained in the story, obviously. I agree. I was thinking the same thing that the Fearless Knight was kind of represented in Lord Farquaad. Because also he doesn't seem too afraid of things. Like, he's not really afraid of the fairy tale characters. He's more disgusted by them. And so that's his whole thing. And then even when Shrek comes, he doesn't seem that fearful. Probably because he has all these people around him to help him. But he still stands up to him. Yeah. And, you know, goads him on. Um, and gets him to do his bidding, really. He's like, yeah. look at my princess. Exactly. And then in the end, I think it's funny that he's eaten by a dragon. And the way Shrek defeats him in the book is by blowing him with fire. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, the dragon blew the fire, not mm -hmm. Shrek. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. I think those are all basically the main characters. I would call Shrek, Shrek is a fairy tale, mm -hmm. but it doesn't include uh, all the other fairy tale characters like in the movie. Right. But I thought those were a fun inclusion to make yeah. it a more cohesive kind of world. Yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to say about Lord Farquaad is I'm glad he was included because like the Wizard of Oz, how the witch in the movie was kind of the driving factor between all uh, for all the things that happened the bad things that happened mm -hmm. to the Dorothy and her friends that's like Lord Farquaad in mm -hmm. Shrek then you know he's the antagonist like in the book he just goes finds him and he's like let me in the castle and the knight's like no over my dead body and Shrek's like okay over your dead body and he's like exactly <laughs> where you're like yeah Shrek needs to get in there but it's not I think if it had been like that in the movie, it would have been like, hey, did he really deserve that? You yeah, know? why'd you kill him? That yeah. seems a bit intense. So I thought that was a smart change for the movie makers from the book to the movie. Um, Let's see. We talked about characters. Are there, is there anything in the book that you wish had been in the movie? Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, the scene with the peasant was kind of funny to me. I liked his poem where at the end he's like, now go away. And then what does Shrek call him? He says, oh, he calls him a yokel. A yokel, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I feel like that was developed into you have this village of peasants that are like going to mob the, well, I guess it happens a few times. It's like part of the setup that they have like this mob that's going to come take down the ogre, right? And then Shrek's yeah. like, uh... This is the part where you run away, you know? Yeah. And so I guess they kind of developed it into that. But I, I thought that scene was just kind of funny. I don't know. It's interesting as a children's book. And I think this about a lot of William Stieg's books. He wrote weird books. Yeah. He, like, Sylvester and the Magic Pebble. I love that book, though. Yeah, I, and I like it, too. And it's funny, though, because he gets turned into a rock and his parents have a picnic on him and they're just all sad about their missing son and he's right there it's like 
he writes about these things that are really kind of dark, but it's like he does it in this way that you still enjoy. In the end, everything turns out okay, you know, except mm-hmm. for the fearless knight dies. Yeah. I guess that is, I said before, Shrek doesn't kill anyone, but he does kill the fearless knight. Well, I don't know if he kills him. The knight jumps into the moat. The knight, red hot, dove into the stagnant moat. I don't know if he died or if he was just hiding. Maybe he became fearful after Shrek lit him on fire. Yeah, he was no longer fearless. Yeah. But, you know, in the end, everything turns out okay. Shrek finds his princess and gets married. No one dies. We'll just say that the fearless knight lives. I think he lives. Because, I mean, that's one thing, too, is like even in the movie, at the end when they're all singing, you see like Lord Farquaad inside the dragon. Yeah. Still alive, singing, staying alive, you know, and he's all terrified, but he's still alive. So I thought that was funny too with the peasant. I I kind of wish they had had him swallowing the lightning or included that like even flowers didn't want to be around him and stuff. Like everything, the trees and the flowers would bend away from him because he smelled so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that would have been funny. It's okay. I mean, they can't get everything right. I mean, <laughs> no, that's why the book is always better. Yeah. <laughs> I think in this case, I, ah, uh, well, I do like the book better in this case, though I still really enjoy the movie. It's not often that I'm like, the book is better, or the movie's better, but. I think this is actually a time where, for me, it's like, because like I said before, there's so many other children's books made into movies that I just hate the movie. Yeah. Because I'm like, how are you going to take this short book and make it into a 90-minute film that's any good without ruining the book? And I feel like most of the time, they just ruin it. And maybe it's because, like, they get weird with them. Like, Where the Wild Things Are, that movie's so weird. But um, with this one, they made it light and fun. And it's like, here's, here's like all these elements you expect from a fairy tale, but they're twisted because it's about an ogre. Yes. And it's funny. And they get all these actors that, you know, Mike Myers is a comedian. Eddie Murphy, comedian. John Lithgow is hilarious. And, you know, Cameron Diaz is, I don't know, necessarily known for being a comedian, but she's a funny actress and a funny person. So, you know, they get all these people that have great comedic timing to tell this story that's funny and fun and lighthearted and still kind of has the basic message of the book. Yes. I think it was a very, very successful adaptation, and I really like it. I don't know. There's just something. One thing I like better about the book is that it's a lot more colorful. Like, Shrek's outfit is hideous, but also very colorful. Yeah. And Fiona was purple in the book, and there was just a lot more color, I felt like. Yeah. that's. I think that's important with... Um, picture books is there's already like that established what the characters look like. I think they did a pretty good job. William Stieg has a very interesting drawing style mm-hmm. that I like. I will say one thing that I thought was funny that was different from the from the book. In the book, uh, he goes, he sees this witch. She gives him this prophecy mm-hmm. or fortune and tells him he's gonna go find this hideous princess and then the book he's like a princess cool let's go you know and he's like off he finds the donkey and he's like 
all right, donkey, let's get this together because you got to take me to find this princess. And he's like all for it, right? Yeah. Whereas in the movie, it's this whole like, why am I going to go find this princess for you? And, you know, he doesn't want to go on it. He doesn't want donkey there. Which, again, it's not like in the book he's like becomes best buds with the donkey, but he's like, you are utilitarian for this thing that I want. And in the movie, he doesn't really want the princess. She's a means to an end of getting his swamp back. Uh huh. But in the book, he's like, yeah, cool, a princess. Sweet, you know? Yeah. He's like, I'm ready to get my princess and get married and get on with my life. Yeah. He's a lot more positive in the book, I guess he could say. Yeah. Than in the movie. He has a more like, he's just happy about everything. Like, the the dragon knocks him down and he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you can kind of see that in him in the movie, like when they're crossing the the bridge over the lava. And he's like, whatever. And he's just like shaking the bridge to scare the donkey. Yeah. To the other side. Yeah. So, but yeah, he does have a more cynical side in the movie. Yeah. More layers. He's got more layers. Layers. Yeah. It was also interesting because I felt like, yeah, he had this thing of like his parents kick him goodbye and he goes out in the world to, you know, I don't know, make his way in life. And he's like, yeah, I got to get married and have family. And it's just like it's funny that that's still a normal thing for him, that he wants to have someone in his life because you would think here's this ogre who's like enjoys terrifying people and grossing people out. And and he's still like, yeah, cool. I'm going to go marry this princess and it'll be great, you know. And then when he finds her, he has no trouble being like, I love you because you're disgusting. Here's all the ways you're disgusting that I love. So let's get married, you know. Yeah, because you're ugly. Yeah. And, you know, there's that more of that, you know, dilemma in the movie of, you know, how could I tell her I love her? You know, one other thing that mom said to me was that she felt like there were parts of the movie that were inappropriate for children. Yeah. Because yeah. they brought that um, adolescent boy humor in. Mm -hmm. I just think you have to be careful with putting those kind of adult humor things in movies because um, you might think it's harmless and definitely like you're saying it's like probably things we never caught till we were adults but yeah. I don't know I just wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to hear my kid making some joke that you're like where did you hear that and it's some movie I took him to that's a kid's movie you know but I don't know I just still think Shrek is funny and it's it's a good movie and it's enjoyable for all ages I think okay well Thanks, Lindsay, for joining me today on this episode of From Cover to Real. Next time, we're doing Ella Enchanted, and I think you're going to be with me then, too, huh? Yes, because I have very strong feelings about that book and movie. Ella Enchanted is one of the one of the original books that inspired me to do this. So, what? Tune in next time to hear about my feelings on it. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be out August 1st. Um. And you can leave us any comments or messages you have on your feelings about Ella Enchanted, and maybe we'll bring them up in the episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of From Cover to Real. To see more of what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and check out our page on the Three Wings Design website. Our show is available on multiple platforms for listening, including iTunes and Google Play. For a complete list of where you can listen to our show, look on our pinned post on Facebook or on our From Cover to Real page on the Three Wings Design website. Thanks. Thanks.